Hold on, I'm just going to open the drink. Yeah, it's it's uh it's business hours, so it's an energy drink that I've got today. Um, oh yeah, business hours. Can't drink, yeah, I can't drink those beers in business hours. Oh mate, beers is so good though. I mean, I wish I could have one, but you know, I can. One of the perks <laughs> of the job. Welcome to Reasons Undefined, a audio radio program podcast thing that you're listening to. <laughs> I'm Tim, and here's Snap with me today. Yeah, hey, hey. how you doing? Uh, no, Leela, she's under the weather, so not going to be here this time. That damn weather, getting another victim. Yep. <laughs> Once what? again, sick. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, she's, um, that's unfortunate. That's sad. Yeah, can you, are you good at the, the, uh, the old Dragon Ball Z, uh, last time? Last, last time. time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How, uh, how good is Dragon Ball Z, though? Oh, pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, we do need to talk about last time, though. You're right. Last time on... On the show. This, this podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, we lost I, the show. Yeah, I cocked up. <clears throat> That's on me. It was a good episode. It was a, you know, I thought it was a standout episode and I ruined it by not recording on my end, uh, which I have this time clicked record. In fact, I'll even have another look now. Yes, I am still recording. Good. Definitely. It's going on my side as well. So, you know, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great improvement on last week. Yeah, <laughs> but last last time, Leela had just gotten out of the hospital for a kidney problem, yep. and this time, it's back. Revenge was, of the kidneys. Yeah, she was uh, solidly healthy for several weeks, and then like yesterday or something, it all came back, so I hope she gets better soon. We We all do. Hopefully she doesn't have to go back to the hospital again, that would not be fun for anyone. No, I. Do you know? I actually quite like hospitals. I know a lot of people don't, but I'm. Uh, I'm actually. I'm a bit of a. I'm a bit of a hospital fan. They look after you. They're nice there. I've convinced nurses to come to shows before, so that's always. <laughs> that's always good. Um, yeah. Nah. And and like yeah, I I like them. They're clean. Oh, they're, yeah, that's positive. They're clean, but filled with disease, and I think that's a fun mix. Oh yeah. I've I've only ever spent about an an afternoon in a hospital, and I mean my time there was like pretty chill. But I can't imagine spending more than you know like a couple of days. You must get so fucking. Oh, nah, man, I spent a couple of days in a hospital once. It was dope. Didn't have to do any work. No one had expectations on me. I watched some shiz, chatted with some friends, played some games, just hung out. Couldn't get high there, but you know, <laughs> they give you some like morphine. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that's pretty sweet. Hmm. Yeah, uh, not bad. I don't know, man. Uh, 
I just want my I just want all my like all my tech gear and stuff on my computer and like there's no you couldn't have that in there. I don't have a laptop. Uh see I have a laptop, so Yeah. That would be far more helpful. I think I'd honestly, if I was stuck in hospital for a week, I would have on the second day probably ordered a laptop and just had it. <laughs> I've done uh, I've done drug trials like medical drug trials where I've been in a in a basically a hospital for days on end. Um, uh-huh. We just ended up like playing poker together, and uh, I didn't have any cash on me, so someone spotted me for the first game, and then I won like forty bucks yeah, uh, across all the yeah. We were doing like five dollar buy-ins, so after after we played a few games, then people were like, "Nah, no more." And I was like, <laughs> oh, "I'll keep all your money." <laughs> so that was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I wonder how that works. Like, you gotta you gotta feel bad, right? You're like, oh, I'll spot someone, I'll spot you five bucks, and then they win all the money. Yeah, I mean, I gave them that five bucks back, but then I won it off them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it seems a little unfair to me. Yeah, just a little. No, 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 no. They should have been better at poker. That's on them. Definitely. That's that's capitalism, baby. <laughs> and we all know how well capitalism works out. Oh, it's perfect absolutely so good bang on i mean so good dude capitalism's great it, it it literally accomplishes all the goals it sets out to do which is absorb all the resources in the world create massive amounts of pollution and you know destroy the planet it's going to be i mean do you know nasa recently just put out a report being like uh hey so all these problems that are kind of happening uh like none of them individually are going to reach a point where it's like catastrophic for for a few more years but like the combination we've probably got 15 years 15 years in catastrophic failure and then some other uh reports came out that were like more factual and they were like oh we think that's being generous yeah 10 years yeah they're like yeah it's gonna be less than 15 years before some sort of major collapse of ecosystem happens so strap on in baby yeah, well, they basically said they basically said if you do nothing, if you just continue the you know carbon into the atmosphere for ten years, um, that'll be it. It's unstoppable. Like basically, there'll there'll be some kind of point where it sort of starts rolling out of control. I think it has to do with um, like ocean temperatures. Like once they reach a certain yeah. point, then it just starts going like it just starts going crazy. But we're also seeing like massive. Uh, what do you call it? uh like extinction rates and stuff at the moment and so it's like it's like what they're saying is like the combination of extinction rates the ocean warming like all these things that people are talking about like it's gonna it's gonna be like catastrophic worldwide failure in 15 years i mean i'm kind of excited in a little bit of a weird oh no totally i'm with you like it'll be a nice you know change something new you know like i mean one of the key things to get um yeah, you're like serotonin dumping in your brain. It's just new stuff. It's why when you like move to a new city, it's all glistening and great for a while is because it's all new. So like, you know, once the world collapses and we have to live in a post-apocalyptic world, that's all new to us. You know, we've seen it in the films. We've watched Waterworld, no doubt, and The Postman, you know, Kevin Costner's seminal masterpiece. But like, we've never experienced it. So I think, yeah, I think the post-apocalyptic world will be good fun for a little bit. For a little while. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you'll probably die, so you don't have to worry about it for too long. And by that, you'll be having fun the whole time. It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no trouble. And then yeah, the world guys... can finally be rid of humans. Yeah. Use more oil, guys. That's what that I think that's the moral of the story. Yeah, absolutely. That's a hundred percent 
That's 100%. Hey, something I've just noticed, which is no good on an audio sort of format, but I do have the webcam so you can see me. I've got this Buzz Lightyear toy, uh, <gasps> which is dope, obviously. Um, but I also have this little adapter for my headphones, so when I'm at radio, I can jack my headphones into the radio desk, you know, so it goes a little little jack to big jack. Now, yeah. if you if you put that right right sort of there, it definitely looks like... It, it looks, looks, looks like, like a Buzz, penis. Yeah, it looks like Buzz Lightyear has a dick. Like a robo-dick. Like a robo... Yeah, well, it sort of suits his costume, I think. And, like, you'd gold plate the dick part, but you'd leave the rest silver, you know what I mean? So, yeah. it's just a little fun, if you can imagine that in your heads, listeners. Um, <laughs> Buzz Lightyear with a dick, entertaining for all of us. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I also used that Buzz Lightyear in a, in a social media post the other day to, to try and sell tickets to my solo show, uh, Pretty Good Jokes, which is uh, going to be on at Dunedin Fringe soon. Um, but I used him in an image and I positioned him so that he was doing that like circle with his fingers, like from Malcolm in the middle, uh, that is all the rage in the memes. Uh, so that people, you know, it's the circle b- so, below the waist, you know what I mean? So does that mean you get to punch every person that comes to the show? Cause I've obviously seen it. I think I had the right to do it. I opted not to for the sake of the show. Uh, I was on a time limit, unfortunately with the venue. Okay. Um, had I had more time, absolutely would have punched everyone. Yeah. Good, good. We like yeah. that. <laughs> good. Uh, so I think one of the episodes, I can't remember if it's the, the now famous missing episode or whether it was the first one. Infamous. Yeah. That episode, um, yeah. We talked about the unruly tourists. Oh, weren't they a fun bunch? Oh, they were great. So one of those guys um, actually got like, I don't know if he got arrested, but he definitely got summoned to court to, you know, he was in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I heard. I heard. I assume it's the same story, but also he could have gotten in trouble for multiple reasons, multiple times. What What story is this? Well, the story that I, I, I was reading about this is that they summoned him to court for a whole bunch of like unruly behavior type stuff. And somehow uh, he escaped the country on somebody else's passport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the funniest part of the story is like, you know, they, they're interviewing someone at um, like customs or whatever. And they're like, yeah, it was a, it was just a uh, outrageous blunder that caused yeah. all this. Like they, they knew that it was, um, they knew, yeah, they knew that he was on the wrong passport and it got like the warning came up on the computer and then they just didn't do anything. They let him through because he was too <laughs> abusive. He was so unruly that they just let him go even though they knew he was flying illegally. That's legitimately what happened. Is that what happened? Yeah, Jesus. I'm pretty sure that's what I... That's that's what I re- And why else if they've seen it come up but then through some blunder they let him go? Like, that's what happened. He was so unruly that they just went, I don't get fucking paid enough for this shit. <laughs> Which, like, this is exactly why people think that New Zealand is a, is a great country for getting spies in and out of because we just uh. let them. We're just too chill. Do you remember when the like, earth when the earthquake happened in Christchurch and straight afterwards they were like, uh Yeah, so Israel had some spies here. We just found that out because of the quake. Uh that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like, ah oh well. Yeah, it's just oh, a she'll well. you know, she'll be right. That's a, that's the New Zealand major. She'll be right. That, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> crazy but um I, I love when governments um they do something wrong and then they use the word blunder i don't know why for oh. me that i just it's just the childish mind i just crack up because it's like it's such a funny sounding and non-serious yeah. word and they're always like saying oh it was a blunder for like life 
life-threatening problems you know it just invokes such like silly <laughs> imagery you know what i mean like you imagine it was a benny hill skit that happened yeah, yeah. also it reminds me of the uh the the uh the gun the blunderbuss the giant oh yeah that's a know, big old gun eh yeah from hundreds of years ago i don't know why anyway it doesn't matter uh it makes me think like of of uh mr bean you know like he blunders his way through life yeah exactly and i don't and, think you should be describing anything happening in a government like nothing at a government level should be mr bean-esque there's some serious problems if our government <laughs> is blundering exactly so uh, yeah i just thought it was a good uh, follow-up to that story good good What else has been going on? Um, oh, comedy carnivals, bloody submissions are open. The world's southernmost festival of comedy. Nice. So it's all coming together? Oh, yep. I'm feeling <laughs> quietly confident about this year's sh- uh, uh, festival, but I'm also quite loudly terrified. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's coming together. I think this is going to be a real good year for... For Comedy Carnival. I think it's going to be a really good year for comedy in Christchurch in general. Um, there's a, a couple of other little little projects I'm working on, which I'll reveal at later times. Yeah, well, I, I would be, I'd be frightened. Like, um, event planning is one of the hardest things you can do, I think, as a promoter. Yeah, like, yeah, as a promoter. I mean, like, I'm not, I mean, I mean, like, all promoters are doing event, event, event management stuff. But, like, I mean, I'm not a firefighter, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> like such, yeah there's a lot humility. There's, well there's a lot to juggle and it is like a tough job but like i mean it also isn't a job that matters you know like if if, if we when we end up in this post-apocalyptic world like comedy is going to be something we all want sure but it's the last thing that we're going to be really like kicking into gear you know let's get some running water and shit going you know yeah, like yeah, yeah <laughs> let's let's be realistic well, the, um, the reason I was thinking about that is because I was watching that um, Fire Festival doco on Netflix. <laughs> Have you seen oh, that one? man, yes. And <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a promoter, as an event organizer, like that is a hilarious documentary to watch. Oh, oh my yeah. God. They <laughs> really fucked that up. They did not know what they were doing. Uh, they Just a little. Absolutely. They blundered that. Yeah, that, that was, was a blunder. blunder. You could call that a blunder and it would be kind of 100%. correct. Hundred percent. That was a huge blunder. <laughs> that was just a bunch of people blundering around, yeah, trying to blunder their way into being event promoters. Like it's yeah. God, and there was Fucking just so hell. many aspects to the story. You know, like God, oh, we yeah. are, you know, them lying about owning the island, and then uh. <laughs> the dude who was willing to suck a dick to get them out of trouble, like just, uh, just so extreme of a documentary. God, it was amazing. Oh, the dick-sucking stories is great, by the way. The best part about that is that, like, that water bill that they were going to pay to customs was, like, $175,000. And yeah. he's like, oh, one blowjob will fix this. <laughs> yeah, I know! That's what I thought. <laughs> and, I, like, just this thought that he'd be able to wander down there and be like, suck your dick, you know, like... <laughs> Instead of $175,000. <laughs> yeah. And, like... I mean, even if the other guy is gay, he's not necessarily going to be like, yeah, I take bribery in the form of dick sucking. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
People yeah, don't was... necessarily <laughs> just take sexual bribes. I mean, I mean, fucking good on him for being willing to give it a right red hot go. But like, I mean, man. this is not this is not getting into a club when the doors are locked. Like, <laughs> serious, yeah. serious yeah. money on the line. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> oh man, I, I really want to watch the other documentary as well. So watch the Netflix one. But I yeah, know there's, there's a... another one. There was one that came out on Hulu, which I don't think we can get Hulu here. No, so. no, no. I, I would. The reason I haven't watched it, Tim, is because I would never illegally watch anything online, yeah. even if there's no way for me to legally watch it in my own country. No, you'd never do that. Never it do never, that. It would never fall off the back of a truck. Absolutely not. Never fall off the back of a metaphorical truck, metaphorical no. internet truck, like <laughs> the Pirate Bay or... Uh, kick-ass torrents or quick what's another one people need to know people need to know what sites not to go to so they can download torrents using a device like uh uh bitlord that's a program that's a program you can use i think that might be the one i have oh yeah (laughs) i mean i mean i I mean i mean uh (laughs) i I never know i never know what sites to go to anymore because i'll start using one and and then it'll just go away like, yeah, but the great thing is you can usually <laughs> just Google like uh, torrent sites 2019, and people are constantly updating. Uh, yeah. I've heard um, ways uh, that you uh, can, allegedly, uh, yeah, allegedly, if you wanted to and you shouldn't uh, download stuff illegally. Yeah, don't do it. Do it. Yeah, I mean, don't do it. People at the top are getting so poor. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that was a great doco and. Um, yeah, it just goes to show you how absolutely difficult event planning is. Like, yeah, it's it's a lot of you. Yeah, you're juggling a lot of a lot of stuff a lot of the time. Uh, this this year for Carnival, I've got a, a a pretty good team of volunteers together helping me out. Next year is going to be interesting. Um, I'm forming a not for profit to take over nice, instead of my nice. company running it. So it'll be open to more funding and stuff, and it can kind of develop and be its own thing. So this year is kind of important. I really want to build a you know like I think we've built a strong foundation, but I really want to leave it on a you know, as, as in as good a position as it can be to start developing and being its own thing. You know, obviously its own changing changing board, and I may not always be on that board. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get it. Like, you want to basically, you know, even if you don't directly profit from the carnival, it existing helps all com- all comedians and all businesses. Like. Yeah, and like I mean, I mean, my goal has always just been to to develop a scene in in Christchurch where we can hold on to our talent. You know, it's. Um, yeah. You know, I think we should be really proud of the fact we've been such a great incubator for talent, um, not just in comedy, but in so much stuff uh, over the years. You know, but you look in comedy, I mean, Reese Darby's a, a prime example, but even people like Jimmy Christmas or, or you know, Does he do Justine comedy? Smith or others come from, from Christchurch. What's that, sorry? Does Jimmy Christmas do comedy? Jimmy, Jimmy, do you know who Jimmy, uh, wait, is it Jimmy Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Christmas, the singer for... Uh, nah, nah, the- nah. Nah, 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 nah. Maybe it's not Jimmy. Maybe it's something else. Uh, Christmas. What is his? What is his name? What is the? No, yeah, Jimmy Christmas is from D Four. What is the guy I'm thinking of? Oh fuck, he's a comic who went over to the UK and he's won like Best MC multiple times over there, um, and has a massive career there. But it'd just be nice if we have a city where people have that option to go, yeah. you know, take their career to seven days or or go and tour you know festivals around the world or go to the uk and build a career but also have the option to actually have a career here in christchurch and, and live in christchurch and be based in christchurch um and that's not um been an option in the past so comedy carnival is a big part of that and uh you know i want it to be as, as good as it can be and certainly 
the extra funding that opens up for being a not-for-profit and, and I think also the input that comes from having a, a board of people who really know what they're talking about um, you know a lot of people with more experience than I have um, on that board uh, it'll be really good yeah that, sound, that sounds really cool mm. You know that Buzz Lightyear toy I mentioned before? Yeah. Fun fact, I watched Toy Story two nights ago. Great film. Animation does not stand up. Um, and uh, and then today, I was sitting here, and like, there was a noise from right beside me that sounded like the Buzz Lightyear just like moving slightly in the box. Just like one movement. <laughs> just like they're just like, just let the muscles relax for a second so that they could like just slip properly down into the box. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. sitting in a box normally and um and i couldn't help but think you know what if it's real what if it's what if it's what if it's yeah what if it's real man so I mean, you never know i i don't i don't even <laughs> I, I, even if you strap a, a rocket to them and you're going to blow them up they still won't move or talk it's an amazing thing oh yeah oh man have you seen uh someone did a uh they did an edit of um the third Toy Story scene in the third Toy Story. Now the end, there's a scene where uh, they go everyone into the dies. Furnace. They go in the furnace. Yeah. And then they're, they're like going down the little conveyor belt, and they're all gonna die. Well, someone just edited in credits there. That's how it should have been. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I genuinely believe that. I've, I've, I've thought that since I saw the film. I was like, it was a really strong part. Let and, it end. Let the yeah. film end. Let the franchise die. Bad news, it's coming back. I know, number four. <laughs> Let's see if it'll be uh, Pixar's third flop. Do you know they've only ever had two flops in their history? I just wrote a quiz about Pixar, and I did a round called Flops, and then looked up uh, like their flops and was like, oh, shit, there's only two two movies. So I just did all the questions about two movies. Okay, so um, was one of them is Cars 2, right? No, Cars no? 3. Cars 3, okay. Which still made money. It's just But cons- not enough for it not to be considered a flop. Yeah, well, for and then Pixar, there, yeah, you, well, yeah. <laughs> no, you make a lot. But then there was the little dinosaur, and interestingly, um, that actually maybe wouldn't have been a flop uh, if it wasn't for certain things. Even though it's a shit film, um, they it was supposed to be released like the year beforehand, and then it had some like holdups or something like happened, and basically they ended up not being able to release it until like the same time as uh, that one about feelings and shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Inside, Inside Out? Inside Out, yeah. Yeah. So it was up against Inside Out, and they were promoting two movies at the same time, basically, and so they put all their push, or most of their push, behind Inside Out. Yeah. And so it was kind of destined to fail- failure regardless. But um, amazing effort from Pixar to only have those two failures. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of The Little Dinosaur until you just brought it up now. Literally. There we go. There we go, yeah. <laughs> never I, heard of it. I think I only heard of it because I quite often watch, like, movie trailers to see what's coming up and what's on. Oh yeah, no that yeah, but no they've done super well. It's actually a big problem for Pixar. Um, someone I like listening to talks about uh, the problem of like when you always succeed, it's actually hiding like failures underneath that you can't tell. And I think you know Pixar actually suffer from a lot of the like success disease where there's a lot of cultural bad things and like things that aren't working in their in their like company culture and all the stuff that's just 
under the surface. Um, like Microsoft, similar thing, right? You know, they were just like top of the world, top of the world, top of the world, top of the world. Meanwhile, all this shit was going wrong. And then all of a sudden it just, they, you know, it just like crashed down around them. I reckon uh, we might see that happen with Mercedes in Formula One. Yeah, we could do. It's possible. Maybe not anytime real soon. But I mean, if it doesn't happen soon and they like, if they, if they are just as strong or if they're still top three this year and they are championship contenders and they're championship contenders when the new 2021 rules come in, then at some point I think Toto Wolf's going to leave and it's going to expose huge flaws. Yeah, especially if one person has, you know, so much of, so many of the ideas and so much of the, like, uh, mm-hmm. just keeping together that, like, company culture. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, t- I, and I could be wrong. Like, I, I'm not, and like, I don't know anything. But, like, I mean, it does seem like Toto's a very strong figure and probably a massive part of why they've been so successful. And so, yeah, like you say, it'd be hard to notice flaws when he's kind of preventing flaws from really yeah, he's being fixing an issue. everything all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he goes and you're like, oh, there's actually way more issues. And I'm sure he'll be, like, fixing issues in a long-term way and putting staff in place who are good and all of that shit. But still, you know, I guarantee that they'll take a dip if he leaves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you so. know, I'm I'm still sad that um, Apple didn't end up buying McLaren. That would have been cool. They were going to buy McLaren? Yeah, yeah, there was like a, there was a rumor no going way. around for a while. Yeah. Man, that would have been... I don't know how I'd feel about that. <laughs> I really yeah, like, don't. Big company, lots of design experience, put, puts tons of money behind them. It could It'd be, be great to get McLaren back to top, but also Apple's so unethical. <laughs> so unethical. And McLaren, like, formed by a Kiwi, yeah. you know? Wouldn't it be a shame to see it taken over by Apple? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yes and no. Like, oh, you know, I, I, I just I want to see McLaren come back. Too bad. I, I think they've taken some steps forward this year. Um, do you know, I, I watched... Have you watched... You've, you've watched any of that doco that's on Netflix? No, I'm going to, but I haven't watched it yet. So, so I watched the first few episodes that I need to watch more. It's really good. Um, but it's also great to just recap last season, and there's so much you forget about. Like, at the start of the season, McLaren was actually pretty good. Like, Haas qualified uh, fifth and sixth at the start of the season. First race. Yeah, yeah. And McLaren uh, were right behind them, and then Haas both broke down. So McLaren ended up with, like, two, like, top six places or something. They ended up, like, right up there. They And they were, like, best of the rest. And then their cars, by the end, were so shit. So you got to think they must have, midway through the season, just gone, fuck it, and just put everything into this year. Yeah, I think, yeah, they would have just declared bankruptcy on the season at a certain point and just yeah. like, nah, we're working on next year. And if like, they were that strong roll. at the start of the, they were that strong at the start of last season, I forgot that. that like you kind of just remember them being the worst, or, or right there with Williams. But that was only actually for the last chunk of the season when everybody else was still developing that year's car, and they just weren't. That's what it looks like yeah, to me. Also, yeah, I mean, it didn't help so, that they possibly had the worst driver on the on the grid. Yeah, and I mean Alonso was still <laughs> getting some some results, and he's he's I yeah mean, Alonso was doing doing great and. Then we had Van Dorn. Yeah. I mean, Van Dorn, I don't know, man. I honestly think Van Dorn... I mean, Van Dorn's a much better driver than that ever showed because that car was real shit in the last half of that season. And he's up against Alonso. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, come on. You're putting a rookie up against the best driver in the field. Yeah, but, I mean, he was the worst rookie, too. Yeah, prob- but only because he was in the worst of the cars. Like, You don't think the Williams car was worse? 
Okay, Williams Cowers worse, and Stroll got a couple of lucky good results, but I do think Stroll's a better driver than people give him credit for. I don't think Van Dorn's off the pace of these other rookies. Yeah. You know, I think if Van Dorn had gone into a car that was was more competitive, you know, but I think also the McLaren was probably a difficult car to drive, and that's where even more so Alonso's skill over Van Dorn's going to shine. You know, that experience oh. over being a rookie is going to shine so much more in a difficult car. And so the other cars may have been slow, but more drivable. Mm, that's actually quite true. You know, you know that you experience know. that you gather over the years can like actually really help you if you've got like yeah. a car that just if it's a difficult a car of... to drive but it can be quick but it's way harder to drive you know you're gonna yeah. a rookie's gonna be much much more off the pace than in a car that's slow but easy to drive mm, very true is uh we were talking about comedy earlier and i've been kind of obsessed a little bit with this video that um so there's a super cool youtuber and uh they, the, the youtube channel is called contrapoints okay mm. uh run by this uh trans girl named natalie win I, I think that's how you say her name i believe it's pronounced win no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i just i like one of my favorite things to do is just take things and pronounce them weird when someone isn't sure of what the pronunciation is and i keep forgetting to do it more to entertain myself and i'm really glad i remembered uh, this time it's like no, it's uh cool. you remember the band Ashai? yeah yeah when i didn't know how that was pronounced uh and then i think i asked emma and she told me it was Ashai. i was like oh no i think it's Ashai. yeah Ashai. yeah <laughs> but anyway so so contrapoints they released this she released this uh video a couple days ago i think can't remember when it is but it, and it's called the darkness and so uh, tldr it's kind of it's sort of a, it's hard to explain it's because she does these meals of videos man they're like 30 minutes long an hour long sometimes and oh, yeah. so you get into lots of stuff but this one was kind of sort of like a meta-analysis of comedy in a way dope um basically take the i think they took as an example the um the oscars comedy performance that um that ricky javas did yeah and cool. got in a lot of trouble for if you remember yeah he did <laughs> and we're basically and it like was awesome yeah and, and but basically it was like sort of breaking it down like why why a why were people mad and b why was it just not that funny in a way right yeah yeah and basically taking it all back to it's kind of like almost like a roman concept right this whole like the darkness within like the best comedy comes from if you know the source and if you're talking about like your own inv like your own lived experience right you can yeah, really yeah. like you can dig the gold that somebody who kind of like knows about a topic kind of sort of from the side can't really get yeah totally like Nathan Headley in Christchurch is a great example of that. Um, has a whole solo show about uh, sort of his struggles with depression and stuff. And it's, um, you know, he 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 became a much better comedian when he started talking about his experiences with depression. That's when he really got good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so with the trans stuff, like what what she's saying is like, you know, trans people love to joke about themselves just like everyone else everyone else does right like you know we love this kind of comedy but the problem is is that you get someone like Ricky Gervais who does it and he kind of he doesn't really know anything about it and so he makes these jokes that are just they just seem like juvenile and like um he can only just sort of just touch the surface and it kind of pisses a lot of people off 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I try to not joke about something unless I at least... And, like, I don't really do anything controversial much. But, like, you know, I, I don't want to ever joke about a topic unless I actually, at the very least, if I don't have a personal experience, like, know enough... I don't know, I've researched it. You know, I've, like, talked to people, have... Yeah, have heard perspectives from people who actually understand so they know I'm not clumsily making some stupid juvenile... Mm. And, you know, I, and offensive I think, joke and I think your point was not like it's not like just because he was a white dude that he couldn't make yeah. jokes about that it was more that he, he didn't know what he was talking about and he wasn't like he wasn't like intellectually open enough to even go look yeah. for it before he started writing these jokes yeah yeah exactly that is that is exactly the problem I have with a lot of Ricky Gervais stuff yeah and his whole thing is like I'm just going to be a bad boy and be controversial and like yeah there's that that's it that's there's no like deep deeper yeah. meaning to what it's he's like talking 90s about. comedy it's like being yeah. a shock jock when that was yeah. popular on radio <laughs> you know like that, that's what it is and like the thing about shock comedy is it's uh like uh the easiest way there is rusty talks a lot about this um and uh justin rusty white great local comedian check him out um but yeah. like uh yeah man i mean it's easy to just say something shocking and get a laugh out of it because people are like whoa taking it back but like you don't even need to be clever with it to get a laugh out of it being shocking you know what i mean yeah it's it's the easiest it's the dumbest one like you know, it's much easier to, to, to do something clever about the topic. It's much, it's much better to do something clever about the topic. It's much, it's much, you know, yeah. It... But yeah, you should watch, you should watch the video, but um, just to like yeah, spoil cool. it slightly a lot more. Um, she then takes another one of uh, Ricky Gervais's performances that he did like two years after that, so sometime in 2018. And you can kind of tell from way he was, had written the, this, this new one that like, the people who were upset with him on Twitter had like really gotten to him, but he hadn't gotten to the point where he's like, I'm actually going to think about that. No, his whole performance was basically a kind of like a fuck you to all the people that were really annoyed at him. Right. You know, and he kind of like... Kind of uh, exactly like what Louis C.K. is doing now. Yeah. <laughs> appears to be what he's doing now, so, um, at least. Also, it appears to be because it was a clip taken from an open mic night and people are trying to figure stuff out at open mic nights and we don't know... We don't know how the joke that he feels is actually presentable is going to end up, but certainly it sounds like Louis C.K.'s yeah just gone down the path of being like, well, fuck all those people, fucking social justice warriors, let me insult lesbians, you know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 um, yeah. There's a really good um doco I watched once. God, I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, but it was about basically like offensive comedy and stuff and how to do it right and not right and where the line is and like just but like not not telling you what, like just like just sort of looking into it being like what's all these viewpoints how do people feel like what is the argument on this side what is the argument on this side and it was just done by a dude who isn't a comedian at all but is just a massive fan of comedy and just kind of wanted to like explore what appears to be a divide in comedy at the moment and it's a it's a really good documentary um and i think i haven't watched it in in like a couple of years but from what i remember he kind of i think i think helps draw a pretty good conclusion on on what's okay and isn't yeah i think the conclusion really you can you can see it all the time. The conclusion is if the joke is offensive but it's not good, right? Then yeah. That's when you get in trouble. Like if your joke is really good and funny. But it also like, like I think it's it's more than just that. Um, yeah. Hello. 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 Okay. You know, I think there's still there's still more to it than that because, yeah, I I think 
if it's going to be really funny but it's also super offensive or like about a f- offensive topic like it needs to be there's some things that just always need to be punching up and need to be i mean i think that's kind of always the case that everything should be punching up and not like even if it's a super funny joke and so well written but it's about like rape and not at the expense of rapists and it's just something that triggers people like at the end of the day you're ruining someone's night completely and you can like bring like so many people have P- PTSD because of this shit and and if you're making jokes about stuff that can genuinely trigger their PTSD like entertainment's not that important you know and there's other ways you can make people laugh and I don't think that something being funny outweighs you know someone not having to experience that again you know like I think that the joke being funny just helps it go down at least a little bit. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think the real key thing is people should just always be punching up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. never, never, never make a joke at the expense of the victim. Make a joke at, you know, unless, unless like, you know, your, you know, personal experiences free reign. Do you know what I mean? Like if you want to make a ironic joke at the expense of trans people or whatever, because you're a trans person and you're like, fuck it, you know, like it's funny. Like, Man, who the hell am I to tell you not to? But like, yeah, I think I think certainly just always try to punch up. Always punch not at the victim. Yeah, exactly. And the best part about it if you're is if you're one of these marginalized groups and you can joke about yourself and you're all good most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the main thing. Um yeah, check out the video. Like all her videos are like really damn good. And they're usually cool. on they're usually on somewhat controversial topics and like um, cool. You know, always looking, always looking for stuff to watch whilst I, I work away trying to make comedy happen in this fine city of Otatai. Oh yeah, and the cool thing is, the cool thing is they're like they're not just like, you know, person staring at a camera talking for an hour. They're, they're quite often it's like skits and weird like draggy things and like cool. other you know, sometimes she does like um, you know, doubles themselves in the scene and does like two different characters and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Damn, I forgot where I was going next with that though. <laughs> oh, that's what I was gonna say. So, in in the comedy scene, like this is a thing that I learned recently about some, not all, but some music scenes, right? Being a critic, you can't really be like a critic and be a, a musician in that scene. It kind of like it's um. I I mean I don't know if we have any hard and fast rules. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like I mean, a rule. Honestly, what I would say is if a comedian wanted to be... I think I've actually got people to review before for Carnival who are, who are comedians. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think having... I think in our industry, it would be a super big benefit if comedians were to review things because uh, a lot of the reviewers we have now do not know jack shit about stand-up. Yeah. And... It is very obvious in their reviews. Not all reviewers out there, um, but whew, man, I have read some crazy stuff in reviews. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've 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 had I think two reviews. One that was average, but I did a real shit job that night, and the review was totally fair and reasonable. And one where they just said, uh, "All I remember about Snap is that he had dreads and a floral jacket." <laughs> 
which is funny, and I put it on posters for ages. But um, but it's, but not, also, it's not a review. <laughs> you, yeah, you you have one fucking job, Susan. I assume her name was Susan. I can't remember, but you know, yeah. fuck it. Um, and like, yeah, you had one job. You know, be be actually critical of it. Tell me what I did wrong. Review it. You know what I mean? <laughs> be a critic. Be like, hey, this guy, you know, did this. Like at least Cam got told he just made fucking dick jokes, which is bullshit. Doesn't make a single dick joke in the city did that night. Dildo yeah. jokes, yeah, sure, sure, what? sure. There was like three dildo jokes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's close. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the she, thing. So, I, I mean, I think I think if you're you want to be a musician or a comic or comedian, if you're going to be uh, critic critiquing this stuff, but apparently, according to a lot of these scenes, like that just makes you like persona non grata, like. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely issues. I think it has to be the right person and someone who's kind of already widely respected mm. amongst the scene. Uh, you know, the kind of person who no one would kind of suspect they're going to be giving good reviews to their friends. About, you know, people, people they, mm. who, who would be expected to give an honest review. Um, and people who aren't just like, oh, I've been doing it for a few years, I'm involved. You know, like, I, I yeah. I'd, I'd rather have people who are been around for long enough yeah to know to know what's what and also that have built that respect in the scene where where they've kind of been good honest people for long enough that people go yeah they're good honest people they're not gonna be dodgy in their reviews bloody love them yeah that's what you want and but you want yeah, yeah you definitely want you want that combination of like integrity but also understanding the subject i think so yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and and that is where it becomes difficult because without being involved in it it's very hard to have the understanding but whilst being involved it's very hard to have the integrity yeah so but in saying that reviewers i mean <laughs> critics don't have integrity e anyway no, let's be no. fucking real like i've been really polite in this but critics do not have integrity <laughs> they are the scum of the fucking earth they oh. really are man critics are the biggest fucking sacks of shit in the entire entertainment industry and that includes producers and bill cosby <laughs> oh, well yeah yeah bill cosby yes that is see you know now that joke's probably not appropriate oh it's um, <laughs> punching up that's absolutely punching up don't you worry yeah it's insulting critics fuck those guys <laughs> hey should we do some criticism yeah let's do it <laughs> by the way i am in no way involved in the music industry <laughs> uh, well luckily i'm not right now either so we're all good oh uh, my integrity is also massively jeopardized because I'll hugely plug uh, people I like. <laughs> <laughs> so I am everything that I've said not to be in a critic. Yep. It's okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I made you listen to um, when I'm, uh, something I actually quite like, but it is, I think it's quite like, out there, you might say. Yeah. Um, I like the um, phrasing you used there. You made me listen. That is accurate. Yeah, I did. I made you listen to it. Um, so, the album's called Zero, like the numeral zero, by this band called... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so, okay. So, the album's called Zero by the by the artist Blank Banshee. It's um, sort of in the vague world that is Vaporwave. <laughs> Um, and it is very much the, it's very much like SoundCloud music. Um, you know, one person, <laughs> one person producer. Um, yeah, basically. I think, I think he could have done with being a duo. So somebody was there to tell him he was making poor decisions. 
<laughs> and so it's really cool. Um, first track immediately sampling the Microsoft sound. Did you notice that Microsoft Windows startup sound? No, I didn't. I just thought it was garbage. <laughs> uh, um, but I thought it was really cool. You know, it, it very much reminded me of like a video game, like like soundtrack, like. Um, yeah, yeah, I did think it was uh, it was video game esque. Yes, I can agree with that. Yeah, and it's got the one of the so one of the things about vaporwave. Right? I'll give you like a brief like explainer about the, oh, the genre. Please, please do. All right, so uh, one of the most famous vaporwave albums, right, is called uh, it's called um, Floral Shop by this um, artist Macintosh Plus. Okay, and basically what it is is <laughs> you get one of the Diana Ross albums from the eighties. You slow it down to like quarter speed or whatever, and then you just do like lots of like weird cuts and uh, <laughs> like doubling and sampling and all sorts of weird shit and um, so it's basically creating new music out of old music okay right and this has a little I bit mean, of that people already kind of do that when they like cover a song yeah but it's it's not it's different <laughs> okay um, I don't think they're the first people to remix stuff either yeah, but it's not. It's it's. Is it a remix? I mean, you basically you could not even tell that the original album was like um, like what it what it originally was. Um, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> what's the point at that stage? Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, and so this album took some of that like vaporwave stuff, like especially sampling vocals and then like playing them backwards and doing other weird shit like that. I don't know yep. if you noticed that in the album. I didn't notice it. <laughs> so what what did you think, other than that you didn't like it? Uh, I just, look, I really didn't like it, Tim. Um, <laughs> I thought it was barely passable as music. I Look, I, I the thing is, I can kind of get it. I can kind of get how someone can enjoy it. It's not my taste. It's not my thing. Uh, I'm going to be uber critical of it, but it's not It's not that bad. Um, like, you know, if it was just on in the background and, and, and I, like, I went into a place, and it, like a store or a bar, and it was on, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is assaulting my ears. But when I focus on it, it is very much assaulting my ears. <laughs> um, so you didn't think it just, like, bounced along on that, like, techno house beat, just, like, you know... Uh, I mean, I don't really like techno or house. Yeah, well, that might do it for you. So, <laughs> I'll be honest, in terms of music, this is kind of very far away from anything I want to listen to. So, I am not the target demographic in any way. But right. I can appreciate that there's massive talent there. Like, I mean, I, it's certainly something I couldn't do. Um, and, like, you know, all the stuff seems to be in the right place. It sounds like it's supposed to be together. Yeah. It sounds like it's a stupid idea to put it together like that, but it sounds like that's <laughs> what they were intending to do. Yeah. I mean, it is what they were intending to do. Like, one of the things I love about it is that every song, like, blends into the next one, and so... That, do you know, that I liked, but also from uh, the point of view of trying to listen and critique song to song becomes impossible because it all just blended together as an assault against my very 
soul and the core of my being. Yeah, well, the the best part about uh, being on YouTube is you can actually click the uh, the numbers, like the the timestamp numbers, and you can go from one to the other. I um, I looked, I scrolled down the listing, kind of looked at what song I was listening to, and one particularly offended me, um, or when one was particularly passable. The worst song, I can't remember the name of, but it was rubbish. I'll tell you that much. It was near the end of the album. Uh, do, do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Can you give no, me something the, about like, it? Like all the songs had stupid <laughs> names. What are the names? Tell me some names of songs that were near the end. Well, um, probably I'd say if there was a single on this album, it's going to be "Teen Pregnancy," right? Which is the "I'm Just a Kid." It's, there's very few vocals on this and that's uh, album right. that you can actually understand uh, because I think a lot of it is weird, like. You take like you take Not like a stuff. second you take like a second of someone's vocal and then you repeat that and you do other weird stuff and you do backwards vocals and stuff. But anyway, there's this one sample. Why? There's this one sample where you take uh, "I'm Just a Kid" and that's the uh, teen pregnancy. That's um, it wasn't that song, but I also didn't like that song. <laughs> uh, was it Purity Boys? <laughs> no, no, but I also didn't like that one. Was it Visualization? No, but that was that was actually quite especially rubbish. I remember that one being quite especially rubbish. Or was it World Vision? W- I don't think it was World Vision. Oh, it might be. It might be World Vision. That that's got a lot of. I'm just listening now. That's got a lot of the uh, vocal weirdness. Okay. Okay. Where? It- um, maybe that's the one then. Yeah. I mean, look. I just remember particularly hating something, and you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> um. So you like it? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it. It really has a journey to it. Um, like I said, it feels like you're in a video game and like you're tra- transitioning through all the different levels. Like, there's a really cool one that sort of sounds like you're in like a cave with like water dripping from the ceiling. Like, see now, I that yeah, a hundred percent. If it was a video game soundtrack, yeah, cool, sweet. That's that's fine. But like, it wasn't. It's, yeah, this it's is... released as an album that you're supposed to listen to, and I don't <laughs> listen to video game soundtracks as a hobby. You know, like that's just not my my jam. Yeah. So. Uh, that's my thoughts on that, Tim. All right then. I mean, would it would it, would you be surprised that this is probably one of the mo- one of the more popular albums in this album genre? Like, I would not be surprised because. Um, like near as I can tell from what the genre is, I think this is probably as good as it gets. <laughs> you know, and I suspect there's significantly worse trash out there. There's, it's, it, how do I explain it? There's a lot of uh, experimentation Bad. going on. Okay, that's fine. What you do is you experiment with stuff, and then you find what works, yeah. and then you make a song, and then you release that, not your <laughs> fucking experiments. <laughs> Your experiments aren't for people to listen to, that's for you to learn. Yeah. People already experimented, and that's how they came up with, like, you know, Glitch Hop. Now, Glitch Hop, that's fine. You know, that's kind of similar sounding, but it's good. (laughs) Very um, astute. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know something else I noticed that's real similar the other day? Yeah. Have, Have you ever noticed that hockey's basically golf as a team sport? Well, kinda. Yeah, I guess. Uh, not really, but I mean, it's that's that's how similar Glitch Hop is, I guess. 
Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Um, what else can I... I'm just think. What else can I say about this? So... Have you got any criticism of it? I've had to say some nice things. <laughs> Is there anything that you hated about it? Because there must be, because it's complete and utter garbage. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. I wouldn't say that this kind of music is, like, good music. No, I wouldn't say that either, Tim. And, like, sitting down and just listening to it as, like, an experience is kind of excruciating. But the best part about I think the best part about it is it's very much, like, meditative music in some ways. Not- I think the best part about it is that it would go all right with an acid trip. Yeah, I mean, I assume that people that are making this sort of stuff are probably on, they're probably on Zen, I'd say. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. This is the problem with all the SoundCloud shit, is Xanaxes. What they should do is <laughs> take acid, get inspiration, make the music when they're not on it. And that's how you get the good stuff. <laughs> you write the music when you're on the acid, you make it when you're off it. Yeah, but um, like I said, I feel like it's not quite there as meditative music, like because it's... Because it's too shit, and how can anyone meditate to that? It would just... I'm not saying... What a uh, nightmare. Oh, I'm trying to relax and think of nothingness, but all I can think of is how fucking rubbish SoundCloud is. When I say meditative, I don't mean, like, actually sitting down and meditating. I mean, like, just creating, like, a nice layer in your brain that sort of separates you. Like, so say you're writing or reading or, like, you know, gaming, as I do. Like, you just have it in the background, just sort of, like... It's a nice, like, mellow sort of... Yeah, I could see it kind of working for me because sometimes, like, you write really good material when, uh, when like, you just get real fucked off about something. And if that was just <laughs> constantly, you know, fucking you <laughs> off, yeah. you'd be like, oh, fucking, you know, write some angry stuff, you know? Like, I wrote a really good bit about Green Day because of that shitty song, Wake Me Up When September Ends. Yeah. When I say I wrote a really good bit, I mean I wrote a really shit bit and then Garrett came around, Garrett Gray, great comedian, and helped me make it um, all right. So, suck it, Green Day. <laughs> Wait, which song was that? Wake Me Up When September Ends. Oh, that the is worse. Yeah, that is a fucking terrible song. It's the worst of all their garbage. Like, that's the album where it turned to shit. And that <laughs> one was, the, that is absolutely the defining point you know is it worse like american idiot could have been forgiven you're like oh, okay yeah, that's a bit shit but like the rest of the album might be all right you know well yeah it is kind of it, it's it's when punk guys get out of their element and try and sing like properly mm, it sort of doesn't go well which i think is actually just a, a um label decision rather than a band decision because have you heard um the foxborough hot tubs no i haven't they released an album. There's, I haven't looked into this recently, and maybe maybe there's a bunch of evidence showing it's not them. But um, there was a bunch of like things that suggested it was actually Green Day, and it sounded a lot like early Green Day. And mm. they released it. Oh, I do know what this is now. Yeah. This yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was basically what should have been the next Green Day album and wasn't because yeah. they didn't like it. Well, yeah, the, the label so didn't like it. They released it. From what I understand, they released it under the Foxborough Hot Tubs because they weren't legally allowed to release anything as Green Day. Yeah. Um, because they're tied into a label contract and the label wanted them to obviously start singing shitty fucking ballads. Yeah, why would they do that? <laughs> I know. Well, I by know. the way, this was around similar time when Eminem tried to sing shitty ballads. Oh, yeah. Was, everyone remember was, that? Everyone it was... Doing it. That was, uh, it that, was a bunch of people, I reckon, a bunch of people who 
were around when 80s power ballads were super fucking dope they were then now old enough to be in those like up top positions where they get to make the calls and they're like what you need is more power ballads yeah it was uh, it was really a thing in like 2010 where basically they they really pushed hard to bring it back and i don't think it went very well no which is a shame and it's only because they didn't tell them you need to make them more like 80s power ballads because uh the 80s man those power Mm. ballads are dope right bit of meatloaf come on yeah well going back like this is actually a good like uh sort of point to bring up actually so Part of vaporwave, like the, the whole general culture of it, is actually this weird, like '80s nostalgia thing. Yeah, I now have changed my mind, and I'm not nostalgic for the '80s thanks to this music. <laughs> I mean, if you actually look at anything from the '80s, it's just god awful. Like, oh, I think you should remember that uh, Die Hard came out in '89, didn't it? Also, Bill and Ted, um, both films were in the '80s. Yeah. Die Hard come out 88 this 80s man anyway those those things are 80s okay so, you so picked up, you've picked out three things that are in the 80s that are yeah good. but like boom off the top of my head baby <laughs> no but just think about meatloaf like, was around in the 80s meatloaf's dope think about like 80s graphic design and stuff and all okay graphic design today in 20 years 40 years whatever like the graphic design we use today is going to look fucking garbage <laughs> so don't you use graphic design? And also, actually, some of the best graphic design today is is 80s nostalgia. That is the best of 80s nostalgia is the graphic design that's coming about because of it. And that stuff is actually off the chain. So, Tim, you have been thwarted in your opinion. <laughs> well, well, anyway, this whole I'm pretty sure this whole genre of music came about as like an ironic take on 80s nostalgia. Yeah, well, stop making things ironically unless you're doing comedy. All right. That's my message to SoundCloud producers and rappers of all kinds. Wise words. And if you're not doing it ironically, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, the problem is, the problem is, is you get a whole bunch of people who started doing it ironically, right? And then you get all the new people coming who don't realize it's ironic, and then they do it because they like it. Oh God. It, so I'm glad the world's ending. Yeah. Me too. I'm glad. One less sound rapper. Well, lots less sound rappers. Sound rappers, SoundCloud rappers. SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, I just, the world ends, no more SoundCloud rappers, and that makes me happy, Tim. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are shit. And not, like, even if their music's okay, they're just terrible people. God, aren't they? What is with that? Why is that a trend? I'm not sure, man. Because, you know, you know, you know, Tentacion? No. XXX Tentacion. He, uh, oh, I've heard or seen or yeah something about yeah. He was possible wife wife beater who got killed in, in like a gang shooting. Oh gee, Willikers. Yeah. Oh well. Also, his girlfriend, wife, whatever was pregnant. So. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully, kinda... the kid grows up to hate their father and never want to be a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> and then the other one, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember. Sixty nine. What's that guy's called? Uh, uh, three six nine. Damn, you're fine. No, 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 that's not it. Um, the Gucci Gang guy. Yeah, I don't know the guy. I mean, I know the guy. I don't know the guy's name. I, I. Well, anyway, he's going to jail for like sexual minors. Sexual, oh, that's fun. Sexual minors. That's not a thing. Sorry. No. Um. <laughs> well, to him, to him, they are. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> oh God, that is another bad joke. Um, but a good example of one. So we'll be left in the podcast. Yeah, of course I will. Um, 
but yeah. Oh, I don't know if it will. You do the edits, kid. <laughs> All right. So look, let's let's talk let's talk Rusty's. Would you would you play this to Rusty and expect him to like it? Well, no. The thing is, would you the, expect his approval? See, the Rusty system is your system. So you're like, I don't have a Rusty. So like, okay. What I, you, what's your system? So, you know, would I rip this? You gotta have a system. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Would you rip it? You'd rip it. No, no, I haven't. I haven't said that. You're bad man. No. Oh. It would really depend where I was because there are a certain group of people, like especially people that love to do ex- to do illegal drugs, who would find this very entertaining. I think it should be on the basis of you don't know what the circumstances. I say you've got to bring, you know, some music. Would 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 you rip this? If I go, is this song okay? Is this is this album okay for us to bring? And you're like, I don't know where we're going. I go, we'll find out. Would you rip it? Yeah, I think I would. Solely because... Wow. I'd be that guy. Because you hate humanity. I'd be that guy. I'd be the, the guy with the super weird music taste. Okay. I think you already know my answer on this. Would it be a solid hell no? Uh, hell no. I would not <laughs> in any way play this to Rusty. I, would, I didn't think you would, honestly. Or anyone. I wouldn't submit anyone to this absolute trash. I mostly did this to torture you. Well, thank you. I hope, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I did a nice thing and played you Ghostbusters too. Yeah, and, unfortunate, and unfortunately we'll never hear that. Which I would like to say is actually a garbage album and I regret it <laughs> and I hated the album. There was like three decent... There was one banger, I think, on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was better than this album, but no, it was actually, it was actually a trash album. Um, but you quite liked it, didn't you? I had low expectations and they were met that's what i'll say about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah no that was trash um what are we going to do next week leela's not here to to choose what i'm going choose. to do right now is i'm going to send her a message leela you fat bitch <laughs> again not an okay no that's okay that's punching up leela's a goddess so that's punching up yeah exactly yeah um, yeah let's have a look here Okay, the message is sent. Message sent. Response imminent. (laughs) You like your video games? How about that? That seems like something that could be on a video game. Kinda. Yeah. Enemies incoming. I was a top three tracks on my... Sorry, I'm just reading what she said and I'm, I, it makes absolutely no sense. Ah, excellent. That's what I want. That sounds like a good album to me. I've, I've got my fingers crossed about what album it's going to be, you know? I mean, I know it's a long shot because there's millions of albums out there, but I've got, you know, I've got my dream album for it to pick. Okay. Is it is it anything by Korn? No. Oh, well. Luckily, luckily, okay. <laughs> it's not Korn. Uh. Oh god, that is a relief. I don't think I can do corn after this. Although, to be honest, I think corn's better than this. Okay. All right. So I consulted with Leela, and she's come up with an album for us to listen to. Okay. You heard of a little band called the uh, John Butler Trio from Australia? Oh, absolutely. There we go. Now um, we're talking. Yeah, the album's called Grand National. I don't know if you've heard it before. 
Grand National. I don't know. I, 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 I'm real bad at knowing whether I've listened to an album because I just chuck stuff on the YouTubes a lot of the time. So I may have heard all the songs. I may have even listened to it as an album. But uh, dope. Yeah, dope. it's uh, it's what it's that weird like um, uh, little bit of reggae, little bit of I don't know rap in there kind of not really i don't know what you call it not real big into my reggae but i like some i like some i like a bit of like some stuff that's got a bit of reggae influence so yeah no no I, sort of I, like, I like and i like john butler trio so yeah. I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be happy with this bit of pop bit, bit of pop bit of yeah. rock thrown in there you know a bit of uh yeah. bit of blues guitar bit of reggae a little bit of rapping tiny little bit blues. You know? I've got a uh, I've got a blues album that I'm gonna be throwing throwing your way at some point um, al- along this journey along this musical journey we're all undertaking together. Nice, nice. I'm um, mm. I'm sli- slightly optimistic. I'm I am I don't know if I like blues a lot. I like it. A I'll little tell you bit. what. This is probably the best blues album ever, and it's not what you're expecting. Okay. All right. I'll keep I'll keep my uh, expectations high. Yeah, <laughs> do. <Dude. laughs> You won't be disappointed. Uh, so we got our album. We've uh, we've talked about um, how shit this album blank, was. Blank Banshee. <laughs> blank Banshee with their album Zero, the fucking number. Yep, and then um, if you're feeling up to it, you could listen to the sequel to that album, which is called One. <laughs> I am not Fuck kidding. off. I am absolutely not kidding. Oh, that's stupid. If they're going to go with the numbering system, at least start with one. No, because you start all numbers on computers with zero. Yeah, but it's not their first album, it's their second, so just make it easier for consumers. That's your <laughs> job. Your job is to make music for consumers, dickhead. You don't uh, have to sell out completely, but still, you know, just come on. Don't confuse your audience just for your own entertainment. Your audience is stupid. You're all stupid. I hate you. I'll fight you. <laughs> Come to New Zealand. I won't. I won't. <laughs> All right, guys, you can find Snap at uh, Snap Presented by Ruse websites <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, me, I am Timothy Style on Twitter. And Leela's Tenacious Lee. Um, so like, and, like and subscribe. All that all that stuff. Yeah, good subscribe stuff. to Leela. She's sick. She needs the subs- subscribes. Yeah, she's uh, she says some pretty cool ass shit on Twitter, so, you know. Good on her. Yeah. Really good show. All right, man. Until next time. Catch you later. Party on, champ. Bye. Bye.